Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Show is flying by. I hope the workday is for you as well. If you're listening in the car, if you're beginning your drive home, your commute, we're going to make this uh, hour, the next two hours with OutKick 360 fly by. Wherever you're listening. Get you to Wednesday evening. Uh, OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. We're, we're getting you over the hump. And in doing so, I teased maybe eating another moonshine pickle on the show just to help get people over the hump. And the moment you know? I teased that, Davey Hudson took the jar of pickles away from me <laughs> and then replaced it with this orange dreamsicle, orange creamsicle. Orange Dream Sickle, cream liqueur, cream liqueur, and right then here. right here we have the uh, the pumpkin, the pumpkin pie moonshine. I tried this last night. Eddie George wanted to try it, and we did. It's delicious. Nice. It's delicious. Let's get a tasting going in here at some point. Well, we can do that. Dan Dockett should come into town for this. Uh, don't add him. He joins us uh, right now. It's been a while, Dan, on uh, on three sixty. Great to see you. Hope things are well in Indy. Um. When, when I was divorced, I started dating a woman, and she eventually became my <laughs> wife. And, but in the middle of our dating, she dumped me. <laughs> and I sat on the couch one afternoon, speaking of dreamsicles, and this is a true story. I ate 17 dreamsicles of a 24-pack in one sitting. I literally <laughs> sat on the couch watching a Cubs game. Eating dreamsicle and trying to figure out why I was more upset by this woman who I dated for like a month dumping me than my wife of 22 years dumping me. So that's my dreamsicle story. But the story that's... ended well. Uh, Lee ended up coming back and marrying me, and it's all good. So there you go. So with this, do uh, you guys now eat dreamsicles together yeah. just to celebrate the fact that you're of your union? When was the last time you had one? It's a bad memory, but, uh, you know. it. Can, uh, like, thanks for sharing it with us, though. We appreciate uh, the honesty in sharing that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, last time I had one was a week ago. I Look, everybody's got their thing, and my thing is dreamsicles, and I, I love them. I don't like them. I love them. Dan Dockage with us. Don't at me with Dan Dockage. Mornings here across the Outkick Network. Uh, fantastic radio host, number one in the country for his time slot uh, there in Indianapolis. Uh, Dan, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to uh, lead off with this. Uh, who has underwhelmed more, the Colts or the Titans? Well, uh, look, at least the Titans were winning their first game. The Colts <laughs> had to make a monster comeback, right? I mean, uh, second game, you look at it, both got whooped. Third game, both played pretty well. Colts uh, didn't really play well, but <clears throat> thank God for Chris Jones or we wouldn't really be having this question. I will say this, um, and Chad, you came on my show and you're, you, you, made, you really opened my eyes. They're very similar teams. When A.J. Brown left, uh, as I've told you on this show before, we all 
celebrated like, you know, all right, we got a first round draft choice. It was on draft day, first day of the draft. We didn't have one, but it felt like it. And now you don't have anybody over the top that can stretch the defense. And same thing with the Colts. Longest play the Colts have had is 38 yards. It was a really nice catch by a rookie, uh, Alec Pierce, and that's great. We hope to see more of it. But they're very similar. Running, running, running. Offensive line that's just okay. Running back, your guy has been, I think, probably more consistent. Our guy has had, you know, two games not so great, one fantastic. Who can stop the run is certainly going to be a big deal, but... I look at them as very, very similar. I really do. And I got to tell you, Chad, you opened my eyes to it as we were talking the other day. So, Dan, you've been adamant uh, against the local indie Colts football reporting crew that constantly props up the team, the GM, the coach, everyone else. And the war has been fun to watch from afar. I have a lot more people just suddenly jumped on your side with the Colts start to <laughs> yeah. this season, what what has that been like as people just start to magically say, oh, maybe, you know, I don't know that they're giving you any credit, but they start to kind of see what you've been talking about for so long. Well, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but before I go on the air on Monday, I, I, I watch the game like a coach. I, I watch it. I stop it. Uh, I make a damn near a whole tablet full of notes. So when I come on, I feel like I'm fairly informed, even though I'm not going to be able to sit there uh, nearly as well as basketball, but I can tell you um, this Colts offensive line hasn't been nearly as good. It just it just simply hasn't. And, and here's the deal, and I don't know how, again, you guys feel, but the NFL to me, everybody is on a show-me deal. Like, you've got to win games. I know in football, you know, we always talk about contracts. You know, if you don't play well in football, you can get cut and you don't get your money. It's starting to change. I feel the same way about the entire football team. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Uh, playing well early in the season, uh, but losing doesn't do you a whole lot of good. It does in college basketball. It's great. But in the NFL with 17 of these, man, you got you to gotta win. And I don't think the Colts uh, – well, let me put it this way. I think the Colts coach, Frank Wright, great guy, Chris Ballard, great guy, have gotten far more credit for being great guys than winning. They're 42-42-1. and one. Uh, but yet you would, you know, you can make the argument that in terms of media perception, Chris Ballard is considered the best GM in the league. And I've just said, I, I, I don't see it. I like Chris. Chris, I consider a friend. But I, I was saying to you what I've said, people have all of a sudden opened their eyes and gone, wait a second. Colts haven't won the division under this regime. Jimmy Ursay even came out back in April and then in August now two times mentioning the Titans. And I got to tell you guys, in my fifth, going on 15 years now of this show, I've only heard him talk about one other team, and that was the Patriots, in terms of who they have to catch. Twice he talked about we're tired of the Titans. So that's not a surprise to anybody that's been watching, guys, because the Colts haven't won the division, and it's a bad division. They haven't made a run in the playoffs. The offensive line, Quentin Nelson's a nice player, but $20 million for a left guard? Okay, if that's what you're going to tell me. But the truth of the matter is, this time, they have to win. And I think people are coming over to my side and saying, hey, look, you're absolutely right. Winning does matter. In fact, as Lombardi, I think, said, winning's the only thing in the NFL. Dan, uh, uh, you're the same way here. We, we like to foresee what's on the horizon. And what's on the horizon for the Colts? On October 23rd, around 4.15 Eastern, 
they will be done with their series with both Jacksonville and the Titans. We've got two months to play. If the Titans go on the road this Sunday and beat the Colts, and no matter what, I know they've got the Broncos coming up. We'll just say whatever happens to Denver. And then Jacksonville is the second loss this year to Jacksonville. Is Frank Wright coaching for his job here in Nashville on October 23rd? Uh, you know, I thought he was coaching for his job in a weird way um, against Jacksonville, then in a weird way against the Chiefs. If they had gotten beat 34 to nothing, I think so. Look, I, I'm not – Jimmy Ursay's never fired a guy in the middle of the season. It's really not his thing. Right. But I will give you – if you lose to the Titans, it's different this year. It, it, it just is. I swear to you, it's just different. Because I go back to Ursay. He's never said the things. He's never shown the respect of an AFC South opponent outwardly. I'm sure internally, absolutely. But I'm telling you, around here, you know, Robert Mathis makes comments. All the former players make comments about this is the AFC South. It is the Colts division. And I go, well, yeah, maybe it was, but it certainly hasn't been. So, yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, if you lose this game, Broncos, fine. Jaguars, you better beat. Uh, and you lose to the Titans or you're playing the Titans, yeah, I could see it. I honestly could. I don't think that the Colts are bad defensively. I think the Colts are good. Let's talk about what should happen. Colts pretty good defensively. Only time I've seen Patrick Mahomes completely befuddled. I say it all the time, guys, in basketball. You can get hot defensively in basketball where you know that the guy I'm guarding can't do a thing against me. Well, I thought the Colts team got hot defensively against Mahomes. I, I saw it. They, they were not – let's put it this way. Mahomes was going to have to make some crazy plays against something broken to really sustain a drive. Now, they still should have won if Chris Jones doesn't open his mouth, you know, 17 right. or 14 or whatever it was. But the truth of the matter is that defense is legitimately good. The offense is not. So what you're going to see, I think, this weekend is, at least for the Colts to win the game, I think you're going to see a low-scoring game. I think you're going to – and look – doesn't matter how you do it, you got to do it. But if they lose to the Titans twice and they lose to Jacksonville again, no, I got to tell you, there's going to be a new coach in here. Yeah, because he's, I mean, they, they put the blame on Wentz. They bring in Matt Ryan, they get lucky yes. with the trade. They put the blame on Carson Wentz, the owner did. And he continued, he talks about the Titans and Carson Wentz this offseason. And he brings back both guys. To me, that's a pink slip, a playoff or pink slip type motive there uh, from ownership. And I don't blame Jim Irsay based on the expectations and what they've been building towards. I'm, I'm curious, what has been the reaction with Matt Ryan and what's gone on so far offensively? They're averaging less than 14 points per game thus far. The vast majority of those points are coming in the fourth quarter based on that comeback in, in Houston. Um, it, just from the callers and reaction from Colts fans, what, what do they think based on who he's replacing? You know, and you guys, again, will understand this. If you'd ask me um, third quarter against the Chiefs, the combination of what happened against Jacksonville in the first three quarters against the Chiefs, they'd have told you this is a colossal bust. But all of a sudden, what happens? You know what? Chris Jones goes Chris Jones. Ryan makes some passes. Next thing you know, they win the game. And the narrative has switched. Now he's a leader. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's like, yeah. did you see him on the sideline? And he was rallying those guys even though they were down. Look, he's got to stop fumbling. And most people are saying what you're saying. All right, look, I get it. You blame this on Wentz. That's fine. Ryan, maybe he's an upgrade. Maybe he's not. It remains to be seen. But let's be honest. When you watch the Colts to this point, there are bigger problems than that. People forget about this. Fellas, last year at the end of the season, Shaq Leonard said that he had, quote, lost his joy for football during the year. That's his quote, not mine. And Kenny uh, Kenny Moore and Shaq Leonard both alluded to and publicly alluded to on Twitter and other social media sites real problems between the players on the team. And I got to tell you, when you watch the Jacksonville game and you watch how they've played, even though they won against a really good team, it doesn't look like those type of things are resolved. Shaq Leonard still isn't back. The funniest thing, and again, you guys will get this, they kept showing Leonard jumping up and down on the sidelines. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and you know how fans are, right? Fans are like, hey, if you can jump up and down on the sideline, why where, the hell aren't you in the game? Where are you? Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. So, so you're getting a little bit of that. But Matt Ryan, look, it, it, you needed a win. You got the win. He drove him down, got it done. So for this, you know, last couple of days, it went literally from fe- or from famine, in Ryan's case, to feast in Ryan's case. Dan, how are your Indiana Hoosiers an underdog to Nebraska? One and three Nebraska, five and a half point favorite over Indiana this weekend. The game is in Lincoln. I, I know that, but I got to be honest. I saw that point spread and I thought, Dan must not be getting the job done with his alma mater and telling them <laughs> how to play some football because they should not be an underdog to the Huskers. I got Tom Allen on my show tomorrow. I'm going to bring that up. What are we doing? I'm being blamed for your, <laughs> your thing here. Anybody that lost to Northwestern, <laughs> hey, if you lost to Northwestern, you shouldn't be favored over anybody. I've watched Northwestern parts of it for two days. They love two games. They lost to Southern Illinois and Miami of Ohio. And I got to tell you, Ben Roethlisberger was not under center for the Red Hawks <laughs> like he was back in the 90s. I don't know. You know, I, I, I think the disrespect, the, the lifetime of disrespect, at least in my lifetime of disrespect for the Hoosiers, continues. There, there's a legendary... Uh, picture of Lee Corso when he was coaching Indiana. They're at Nebraska at a time when Tom Osborne had him rolling, right? And the score was seven to nothing Indiana at the end of the first quarter. This is a true story. Corso got a penalty because he lined his team up in front of the um, in front of the scoreboard that showed Indiana seven, Nebraska nothing. <laughs> and he took a team picture with that in the background. So that's about the extent. And I, that was in the 70s. I don't think uh, Indiana has gotten any more respect. I'm not touching that game. Uh, if I would, I think I would take Indiana in the points. They played a little better at the end of the Cincinnati game. Dan Dockich, our guest, uh, the, uh, uh, you, going back to Shaq Leonard briefly, I know you're out on him and you've made a great case for that. Uh, the, when the guy plays, he does tend to find the football in many ways. Makes plays. He may not recover the fumble. Yeah. He's forcing a fumble. I think he plays this week. Uh, he's a full participant in practice again. They've got some dudes out, though. Um, I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Taylor missed today's practice with a foot or toe issue. Ryan Kelly's out at center. Um, how's Pittman doing? And what are the biggest injury concerns right now for the Colts? 
You know, uh, Pittman is, is seemingly fine. I always This is what I worry about, and again, maybe you guys do too. I feel like the Colts on a Wednesday or Thursday come up with a major injury. You mentioned, I was just yeah. looking at the at the practice report. All of a sudden, like last year before the Colts went to go play the Titans, man, Carson Wentz maybe not playing because of an ankle and all this stuff. Um, it just right. – um, but no, the Colts have been in pretty good shape. Will Blackman – not Will Blackman, uh, uh, Julian Blackman – the safety went out, and the rookie, Rodney Thomas, he came in and made a heck of a play at the safety position. So he's a concern. Pittman has been fine. Other than what I just saw, I'm with you. I never heard of an injury to Jonathan Taylor. They got they got Pierce back. Jelani Woods stepped up uh, at a tight end. I think the Colts are probably um, – DeForest Buckner didn't practice today, but that happens about once or twice a week. Right. I think the Colts are about as healthy as they could be. You know, the kicker or the punter was out, but they got a punter in their hack who's done a good job. So I, I think they're pretty healthy. So, Dan, I'm watching the the uh, the Kim Mulkey no comment with Brittany Griner. I know, and I saw you talked about this on your show as well. And it was just a very quick dismissive. It was a part of a two-part question where someone said, you know, I know you haven't talked at length about Brittany Griner. And she said, you won't hear me talk about it either. We had John McClain on our show, who knows Kim Mulkey well. He's a Baylor grad. Hutton asked John the question about it, and he said it's very simple what, what's going on here. She wrote in her book, Brittany Griner did, that Kim Mulkey you know, would not let her come out during her time at Baylor, made her wear long sleeve shirts to cover up her tattoos, and there were other things that she felt like she was being held back at Baylor about. They won the one national championship there, and Kim Mulkey, I think, felt disrespected by that, and they don't have much of a relationship now, so she's not talking about it. And what jumped to my mind, Dan, when I heard all this was, that sounds like Bobby Knight. That's a very Bob Knight response to something. No. That if, if, some, if, if, if you feel slighted, then you wouldn't go the extra mile for the person. That, I, and you're saying, no, that's why I wanted to bring that to you. W- what do you think about that comparison with Mulkey and Bob Knight no. and how the two handle it? Now, Coach Knight has had uh, problems with guys. Like Steve Alford wrote a book, and it wasn't unflattering. It wasn't to that degree. And Coach got mad about it. But when the bottom line came for Coach Knight to help out a player, he was going to be there, uh, you know, unless that player transferred or whatever. I mean, unless that player wasn't, you know, in the program. But, no, nah, man, I tell you this. When I saw Kim Mulkey, uh, I learned from Bob Knight, no matter what, those guys played for you. You're not going to always get along. Get over yourself. Be the adult. Uh, Coach Knight, I'm not the most – in fact, I don't have a relationship. I don't want to have a relationship. I don't respect the man at all. Uh, Well, not not at all. But I I will say this. I don't think that's accurate, guys. I think that Knight, uh, for a person who did as much for him as Brittany Griner did for Mulkey, uh, I think Knight would put that aside. I really do. Now, I'm not saying he would put it aside – uh, if it wasn't as serious, I'm not saying that he would show up at a foundation, you know, golf outing or something like that. But for something that serious, there's no question in my mind, you know, I, 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 that Coach Knight would have stepped up. You know, I, I, I think my, my time, and I was one of these for a little bit when we were rolling a little bit, the arrogant coach drives me crazy. You know, the dismissive, and you're not going to hear me like you're some hero. I think what Kim Nolke did uh, was total buffoonery, jackassery. I thought it was embarrassing, and I love the fact that some of her former players um, stepped up. I didn't know what you just told me, 
Um, so one of the things that I thought was, okay, maybe she's being smart here. Maybe she feels like her words uh, would have no impact or maybe have a negative impact. But then I thought about it and I thought, no, she's just being a jerk. And I, I, I grew up understanding as a young coach and as a head coach, you're not always going to get along with former players. You're not. There are going to be some you dislike. There are going to be some that really dislike you. But when push comes to shove and it's time to help or it's time to step up for him, I don't care. You do it. And I learned that from Bob Knight. I really did. Uh, in fact, it's funny. I just went to a funeral, uh, unexpected funeral, for a former player of mine. And I basically paid for most of it. And I took all my former players out that came back. And I, hey, look, I'm buying, man. Let's go. You know, you guys did so much for me. Uh, you know, we went out, we had beers, we laughed, they told stories of me being a complete lunatic, throwing things, but that's part of it. You always, man, you, you, you always go to bat for your players. I thought Kim Mulkley was a jackass, and I have no respect for her. Dan Dockich always brings it. He's always pissed off for greatness, which I, we I appreciate. I knew he'd have a good answer to that, and he, and he did. He did not let down. <laughs> knew, I knew that you would deliver right there, Dan. Dan, uh, I, you were not a part of the uh, the taping for our Fantasy Football League recap show yesterday. That means you did well last week. Congratulations. That's right. Big, massive comeback week before slippage. I don't know who's Danny Boy or who's, who am I taking on here. Seems like they're pretty good. I got problems. I'm not sure who you're uh, facing. I don't know anyone's team name. I, I you don't want to face Chad. Chad's 3-0. Uh, we're using the NFL.com format. Usually you can click on the team and see the owner. Yeah. Of the, uh, you can't see that here. So I don't know who – I see the team name, but I don't know who I'm playing week to week. Yeah, I got Danny Dollars uh, Dan. So I thought maybe I'm playing myself, which, <laughs> you know, back, never mind. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, go ahead. I'm coming. I'm coming to Nashville October 23rd. I'm coming for the Colts game. Let's go. Yeah. Join us Let's in studio. Go. Come on. That fr- are you going to be here that Friday? In studio. Yeah, I'm going to try to be there Friday, yeah. Well, let's yeah, just, I'm going to try to get there Thursday night, do my show in studio, and hang out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You just use the studio Friday morning, and uh, then we'll go grab uh, dinner. We also do a, lo- a little local post-game show, uh, Hutton and I do, Dan, so you can hop on that as well uh, after the game Sunday. And, and I'll be you about, can sit hey, there and whoa, have whoa, drinks. Whoa. You can have drinks while we're doing that. It's I'll perfect. be about... I'll be about 10 beers in even at the better. end of the game, come so on. I don't know. That could get me come in on. trouble. Come on, that's even better. That's what we want. We <laughs> want to get you be. nice and liquored up and then come on the show with us. <laughs> hey, I'll uh, be Mike Vanderjack, the liquored up kicker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, always appreciate it, man, and uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. We'll be watching tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. There's See the man. You. Dan the man. Dan Dockage. Don't at him. Don't at me with Dan Dockage mornings across the Outkick Network. Coming up, NFL overreaction. Doing this each week uh, and moving forward, a playoff elimination. We're three weeks in. We'll eliminate three teams and tell you why they're done. We're going to tell you why we're telling three teams to GTFO before October Love even rolls this around. Exercise. It's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix.
Outkick 360 rolls on. Chad, we were discussing things before the show. Us, Davey Hudson, and we've got our NFL elimination segment here. Where we were, we were like, do we say we're throwing them out with the trash? Do we, you know, uh, say we're we're done with them? You know, they're dead to us. What I, I said, no, just we'll tell them GTFO. Yeah, you know, that's what we do. Is that what we're titling the segment officially? I get. I mean, I that's what I said today. I don't know if you like it or not. But what do you like, Davey? NFL elimination time, GTFO time. NFL. I'm GTFO. just trying to. I'm, I'm trying to frame this tweet that I'm yeah, about to post yeah. right now. So I'm, the, I'm putting it's NFL elimination time. We will tell you which teams can GTFO. That's perfect. Okay, let's do that. So it, the premise is simple. Each week, we're, we're each going to eliminate a team that we're we're telling you we're done with. We've seen enough. And now three weeks in, we're going to give you three teams to kick off this weekly segment on Wednesdays. And and I'll I'll kick this off, Chad, with the Las Vegas Raiders now zero and three. The record fe- uh, speaks for itself. Max Crosby has two sacks defensively, and that's as many as the rest of his teammates combined to this point. I'm, I'm done with them. Only four teams since 1990 went on to make the playoffs after starting with an 0-3 record. They've been close, but they're 0-3. And by the way, only one of those four teams fell to 0-4 and then rallied to make the postseason. Raiders, GTFO. The Texans for me as well. They've been outgained by a league-high 122 yards per game and consider who they've played. The Colts, the Broncos, and the Bears. Houston, get out. It's time. And the Jets. Houston probably were thinking, you know, we may be out of this thing before the season even started, but three weeks in, Hutton's already given them the heat. Yeah, and, and some people may say, oh, you're, you're way too early on the Jets. Consider their division – uh, the Bills and the Dolphins are going to be in the postseason. The Jets get Zach Wilson back, but they're at the bottom of the league for offense and defense, ranked somewhere between 26th and 32, uh, depending on which categories you're looking at. They're a, a miraculous comeback, or if you want to look at it like I do, a pathetic choke job by Cleveland away from being 0-3. New York Jets, GTFO. Hutton, I love these selections. You know what? I love one of them so much. We're the same? I'm, I'm, let's, you know, sharing is caring. Okay. <laughs> let's share a team. Let's hold hands right now, and we can together share the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are on my list, and uh, here's why. Everything you just said, one, they're the worst team in the worst division, I think, in football, in the AFC South. Now, I was a little bit hesitant because I thought, well, it is the worst division. Right. So maybe they could get hot against some bad divisional competition and make a run and get close to the playoffs. Don't think that's going to happen for the lowly Houston Texans. So we're going to share that when I'm crossing them off after three weeks. The Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Redskins, whatever you want to call them, Washington football team, they've had many names. They're not going to have many wins this year, and they're not going to be in the playoffs. The Commanders have already lost to the Detroit Lions, and they got worked over by the Eagles, who are very good, by the way. I am comfortable in saying the Commanders, though, even with the Giants in their division, with Carson Wentz at quarterback, whose numbers have been pretty good at times, but he's still Carson Wentz. It's the worst team in the NFC East. Commanders, GTFO. And finally, the Seahawks. Everybody's favorite in week one. Geno Smith is talking trash. Seahawk Nation, all the alumni players, 
They're all going hard at, at Russell Wilson. They get a nice win on Monday Night Football to start the season. From that point on, the Seahawks have gone on to lose by 20 to a split squad of Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for the 49ers. And then they gave Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons their first win of the year, losing 27-23. to We said all offseason that we were not very interested in the Seahawks team, mainly because of the lack of quarterback play for them. They're not very good. I'm hesitant to go with two NFC teams this early to eliminate because this is the worst conference between them and the AFC, so there's going to be more opportunity for some bad teams to hang around. But Hutton, GTFO Seahawks. They're gone. Commander's gone, and I agree with you on the Texans. These teams are going nowhere this year. Where were the Jets and Raiders for you? Did you consider them? I, At 0-3. I three. So this At is, 0-3, the this, Raiders. This is where I've got um, confirmation bias issues because I have the Raiders in my preseason picks going to the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's fine. So I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant, but uh, to say I'm not concerned would be a lie. Yeah, I, I I do not like what I've seen from the Raiders so far. They should be far better. Um, I mean, they they have lost close games, but the record itself just leaves them with such a steep uphill climb. And I know you got the extra game and their division and all three teams that played against the AFC South lost to the AFC South from the AFC West a week ago. The Raiders needed that win. They had no business losing in Nashville against the team that was lined up across from them depth-wise, talent-wise, superstar-wise with Devontae Adams, who they're not getting the ball to near enough. I mean, they got the ball to him, what, five times last week? And it, the, the Titans were able to corral him for uh, just minimal gains. He's not taking over. And maybe he does. Maybe they catch fire. I don't see them in the postseason based on the start to the season. And Hutton, I like your Jets pick. I just want to see them have a game with Zach Wilson. Yeah, He should be back this week against Pittsburgh. So I, before declaring them dead, if he goes out and he's bad and they look bad against the Steelers, he's out. I'll tell you the team that I gave strong consideration to, Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh without because T.J. Watt is not good. Yes, and I just know that they're going to go to Kenny Pickett. And while I think Kenny Pickett's going to be right, good, right. he's not going to put them in the playoffs. So this, we talked about the split quarterback with Trey Lance giving way because of injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to have that situation in Pittsburgh because of Trubisky's play sooner rather than later. Hit us up with your thoughts at OutKick360. Um, Chad, I was, I was, if you would have asked me, um, let's go to March when we're talking college basketball the most, right? February, March. If you would have asked me then, what What's at stake for Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers basketball program based on the NCAA investigation? And we had, we had a closer view to it. We weren't knee-deep in this, uh, being in Tennessee, uh, but we knew what was going on based on high school athletes and Penny's connection to them whenever he was a high school basketball coach winning state championships in, in Memphis. And a player by the name of James Wiseman, who's now in the NBA, is, uh, was a big part of this NCAA investigation where uh, Wiseman's family received $11,500 to help cover moving expenses from Nashville to Memphis whenever he was with Innsworth High School in Nashville and then yep. transferred to Penny Hardaway's high school in Memphis the year that they went on to win a state title. And because Penny then became the head coach of Wiseman at Memphis, that was an improper benefit. And 
they were investigating this. In a way, he's a booster, but also the head coach, and he was making a payment violation. Turns out, Hardaway's not going to be punished at all. The NCAA has announced this. Uh, the program did not get a postseason ban, which I think was expected based on just how obvious this was. And Memphis is on probation for three years, but what does that really mean? Probation. Like, it's business as usual. This this is surprising to me. They, they're vacating three wins that Wiseman played in, but didn't he play in 12? I thought he played in 12. Well, yeah, and that was already – I feel like they already had vacated that too, so that's not even – that's just confirming a penalty that they imposed. Okay, okay. So they said – you're going to vacate three of the 12 that you vacated. <laughs> I don't, it's just, I mean, they're paying a fine, but again, like, and, and honestly that there was no penalty. Everyone in high school hoops here knew what was going on because you're not allowed to do that either as a coach in high school basketball in the state of Tennessee, pay for players to transfer and, and put up, put them up in housing and all this stuff. I don't think there was any, um, ill intentions here i think he's very genuine with what he's doing and he's meant a a lot to the city of memphis and what he's meant to the middle school players that were then high school players that are now college athletes nba stars in some cases uh with buying them gear for basketball buying all the middle schools um and and having nike come in with team penny and his aau staff and providing all of the merch um, he, he's done a lot for that city and uh, the inner city. But in the state of Tennessee, there was just kind of, oh, Penny's there. and He's the coach, but he's not really the head coach. They've got a head coach by title, but Penny Hardaway was the head coach of Memphis East. And everyone knew it and did nothing about it. And in this case, the NCAA is doing exactly what happened to Penny in high school. Do you agree? Yeah, and also... It's obvious, but no one's penalizing him for it. Well... <laughs> I'm not saying it's for, a bad deal either. Like, cause I, I do think he's done a, a lot of good, a lot of great things for that city and, and for the, uh, the kids that have grown up over the last two decades there. So somewhat complicated case. So th- this is what's odd to me. The $5,000 fine, did I read that correctly? Yes. Well, who finds anyone $5,000 anymore? That's nothing yeah. to uh, a, a major college basketball program. I thought that was a weird low amount for a fine. Um, they had a, they Penny, had seven total what? violations, three that were tied to the head coach at Memphis in Penny Hardaway, and it's three years probation. Yeah, what the uh, it, I always want to say it's like the AARP, what the IAR, whatever the Independent Investigative Council of the NCAA, what they basically are telling everyone in their report is Penny Hardaway cheated, but he's been a beacon of hope to uh, an underserved community and has helped many people along yeah, the way. Which and is true. What, what he gave James Wiseman was available to other people that he helped out along the way. So we're not going to kill the guy because he helped out a lot of people. And I, I mean, I guess overall I'm fine with that, but I would also like to say that he's not giving $11,700 to everyone for moving expenses. Well, no, but it was beyond that. Who was the guard that committed to Wichita state? He was let, he was let out of the uh, commitment. And and then then, he went to Memphis. Yeah. And then, but, but he stayed in high school. He lived with Hardaway, which is also in pride. Like that's like, you can't do that in high school based on the bylaws, but uh, they looked, they looked the other direction here because of what he was doing for these kids. 
I think in large part that's what the NCAA has done as well because that's the quote that you're referencing, the fill and threat. Alex Lomax. Out there you go. The uh, and, and a, a fantastic player, amazing story, great kid, uh, needed that help, but it was against me, the rules. Yeah, let me let me finish my thought on that. But against the rules, though, to of, your point, of course. And, and I, I I'm not. Don't take this as me uh, criticizing Penny Hardaway for a lot of good that he's done in the city of Memphis. He's done a lot of good. But, you know, the trombone player that he helped out isn't living in his house with a scholarship. He's not giving $11,700 to the person that is uh, going into the English program at an Ivy League school that he helped from the inner city. There's an excessive amount of benefit to those that helped him win games at his high school program. Alex Lomax... James Wiseman to move and transfer from from Innsworth to go play at Memphis East. So and the tie was with Team I, Penny look, originally. It's, it, this is like the person you know, the booster that gives the kid a bunch of money and said, "Why do you care? The kid has given me something on Saturdays, and in return, I'm helping him out a little bit to have a little extra spending money." But I think, well, he, on, on its face, I agree. Like, there's nothing I don't think really morally wrong with it. Right, but you're not doing that for everyone. You're doing it as an improper benefit. Well, to someone that's playing a but, sport for you. Yeah, but this all. But even prior to the high school that that we're referencing, there were you know he had the middle school team, and then his buddy that was one of the coaches with him died of cancer, and their dream was to coach a group of kids all the way through, all the way to the NBA. You and I called one of the we called the state title game with James Wiseman that year. And I, I spoke with oh, yeah. I spoke with Penny prior to the game, and he told me about this this dream that they had prior to his his friend passing away. And it was, hey, we're we're doing this as a as a group all the way through, and it's been his dream because he was he was being rumored at the time he was going to be the head coach at Memphis. Tubby Smith was out, and he wasn't doing interviews. And I said I, I shot him a text. I said I just want to talk about the guys on your team, and he called me, and we started chatting about. You know the the path to what he's doing. I don't think there is anything improper in his his motives, but based on the way the rules are written, it was against the rules. But and we've now seen over the last seven years two different basketball organizations with the rules in front of them look the opposite way. Yeah. I- because of what I, he's I, I done. Do, I do think, I, I don't care. There's two different things. Right, I know. By the letter and, of the and, NCAA, there was something improper in his motives because unless they can point to me the other kids who lived in his house that didn't play basketball for his high school team, right. then you can't tell me that there wasn't, one of the reasons he wasn't housing well, Alex I, Lomax is because he played basketball well, there, for him. There's also, there, and, there and, was also something behind the scenes there where the dude would have been on the street if not living Look, there. again, absolutely. But when you do that for the great basketball player, and they're saying he offered up to other people, which he right. did. He spent money in the community with other programs. My point is, he didn't, he didn't house the guy who couldn't play basketball or the girl who couldn't help his basketball team. Right. So... And, I, and I'm donating that, to charities, but yeah, I'm more likely to help out people that I know and families that again, I know. I love what he did. Like, I don't have it. He helped Alex Lomax a lot. He's helped James Wiseman a lot. But these guys are really good at basketball, too. So there's, sure. there's a mutual benefit there. That's, that's all the, I'm the, saying. And that, that's the letter of the NCAA law that they're letting Penny Hardaway skate by on because they're basically saying, but he did a lot of good for others, too. So we're not going to punish him for breaking the rules 
with these guys because he also gave money to other people. But at the time, and I, I, I was very vocal about it at the time, I told the NCAA, the NCAA should treat this the way they have. I'm, I, I bring it up, Chad, because I'm surprised they've done it given, we all remember Penny's or, original reaction to it at the time, defiance. Right? They were going to play James Wiseman. Yeah. And they did for the, to start that season for 12 games. And then finally, he, he's out, and then he declares for the draft, and he's done for the year, and there was a big commotion about it. I was surprised to learn that the NCAA, and I had forgotten long, long ago, forgotten about this. Uh, they take their time with these investigations. Wiseman's been in the league now two years. Um, I was surprised that it's a $5,000 fine and it's uh, probation. Yeah, I, I just... And, and there's, nothing, there's nothing more about it. Penny one. I don't want to be a proponent of the NCAA leveling anyone right now until we figure out what the NCAA is going to be moving forward. I also think that this is a very convenient... We're not going to penalize a guy who clearly broke the rules because he's a really good dude. And uh, That's basically what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, read the report. They're, they're saying because he did a lot of other good, we're going to let this pass and just continue to move forward. And, and, and I, honestly, ultimately, I'm fine with that. And, and Carolina has had a similar situation, they argued, and many felt like they were surprised based on the reaction and the, the punishment there. And this is similar. Gary Parrish was talking about that on his radio show in Memphis. Um, I, I think they made the right call. There will be a lot of people upset about this because of how obvious it was against the rule book, but not against the heart and soul of, and the intent of what was going on well before Penny was even mentioned as the head coach of the Memphis Tigers. Coming up, uh, speaking of gift bags and things, uh, Chad's got one. You're about to open uh, a gift bag in just a moment, I believe. Yeah, Derek Jeter didn't give it to me. So it's a, but it it's is not a, a basket, bag. but it is a bag. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift that I'm going to open. Chad didn't have to turn his cell phone in when he came in today. No, no, no NDAs were signed yeah. for this, so we're good. <laughs> uh, that's coming up. Plus, we have uh, a look at the NFL awards in about – uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, the top accolades going into week four. We'll discuss Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. And is Kiffin long for Ole Miss or is he staying in the SEC West? Is that on the horizon? We'll, we'll discuss what Auburn might do. That's all coming up on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Coming up, we have the Las Vegas. SEC rankings. If you were with us last week, you know what we're talking about. If you don't know what we're talking about, so you have the AP Top 25. And then there's Vegas. Vegas and the odds makers, they have been polled through, I believe, Phil Still. PhilSteel.com has done the polling of this. They will uh, tell us what they think about teams on a neutral field, how they would rank teams in the Top 25 as of right well, now. Not just Top 25. We got them all, Hutton. Well, we've got them all. Well, right. Well, you can go from the best team well, to the worst in all of college football. We have the SEC. Football. We have yeah. the SEC. But I'm saying there's plenty of SEC teams not in the top 25 on this list. So you're so saying we'll Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is ranked um, somewhere. 
We will uh, have get a into number, that. They have a number next to them. That's yes. coming up in 20 minutes. I can't, can't confirm. Uh, next to Chad is a, uh, a bag, a yeah. gift bag. What is this? This is really cool. This, uh, the American Cancer Society swung by today and dropped off this gift bag. So I am going to be an ambassador for the Real Men Wear Pink initiative awesome. with the American Cancer Society. We see this here. Nice water bottle. I'm going to the gift. Uh, this is truly live entertainment because I have not seen what's in here. Could be something embarrassing. Who knows? Like these pink socks here that I'll be wearing throughout the month of October. Why? Because I'm raising money for the Real, Man, Real Men Wear Pink campaign to benefit American Cancer Society, breast cancer awareness and research. I have tweeted out a link, and uh, at some point I'll talk about this and we'll get it up on the screen for you as well. But follow me on Twitter, at the Chad Withrow, and you can see the link. We also post it from Outkick360, retweeted it there. Uh, if you can give a dollar... If you can give $100, doesn't matter. Whatever you can give is very helpful. And if you give me a $50, not give me, sorry, American Cancer Society, but through that link, if you can give $50 right now, you're going to be in line and be in the running for a really cool prize that I will announce at, uh, at another time. So uh, thankful to be a part of this. I was asked uh, by my buddy Matthew Barker at Two Rivers Ford to be an ambassador this year. Awesome. And uh, I said yes, because they've been a member of the family for a while. They treat me like family, treat them like family. This tie is going to be Warren Hutton. I was a great initiative. And, so part um, of it is you're supposed to wear pink every day. In some way. Uh, in the month of October. And I was hoping for like a lapel, you know, like a pin. You have a wristband, wearing. it looks like. But here's what I got. So... I don't have enough pink clothing. I know this is a shocker to you. I could wear these socks. Not every day, but many days. But I needed something to wear pink every day. Now I have it. For those that don't know, Chad is a huge fan of socks. Like, hit, hit, that link, socks. hit that link. At the the guy has throw. Superman socks with a cape. I've got some tropical socks on right now that I'll show you in the next segment. Can't wait. Yep. I'll get 360 rolls on. NFL awards and superlatives next. <laughs> 